Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday, everyone. Thanks for joining me once again for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, matchmaker and founder of singleinthecity.ca. Have you been struggling to find someone who actually ticks all the right boxes? Tonight's guest should be able to shed a little insight into why you might be having trouble finding someone who is the right fit. I'm joined by Dr. Terry Mack, a celebrity dating and relationship expert and psychologist who helps people attract and access love. Dr. Terry is also the author of the book, Every Relationship is a Test, Master Your Love Lessons and Finally Get the Love You Deserve. Tonight we'll be diving a bit deeper into why you might be making the same mistakes over and over again when it comes to love and how you can attract a partner that you deserve. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Terry. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Another guest that I met on Clubhouse. And where are you calling in from tonight, Dr. Terry? I am in Chicago. Warm and sunny over here. I'm kidding. (laughs) I was going to say, wow. (laughs) Um, Now, uh, let's dive in because we have so much to talk about. So one of the most common issues that I hear when it comes to dating is that people keep choosing the wrong partners over and over again. Mm -hmm. Before we can find the right person, I think it's really important to look at why we keep making those mistakes. So why do you think we keep choosing the wrong partners? And I know there's more than one answer here. So so give us a few reasons why you think. Sure. I love this question because it's such a common area that people struggle in. Mm-hmm. And the first area that I would point out is unconscious attraction. And what that means is that we can say we know what we want. We want a partner who's honest and kind and trustworthy. But we tend to pick partners that often don't match what we say we want. And the reason for that is because although consciously we know what we want, our unconscious actually does the choosing for us. And in my work, I've discovered that there are two kinds of unconscious attraction. And the first kind says that we are attracted to people who reinforce how we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that. You know, that means if we don't yet truly fully love ourselves, if we don't see our true value and worth, then we're going to be attracted to and feel chemistry for people who don't make us a priority, who make us have to work for love, because that's going to feel like home to us. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I've seen it so many times, too, where a person doesn't value themselves um, and, and what it does is it causes you to sabotage relationships or to settle for a relationship in which you're treated badly because now you are matching your belief about yourself, right? Um, and, and then there comes a point where we need to make a choice. We either choose to value our own worth or we don't. But, but how do we get to that place, Dr. Terry? Yeah, that's a really common question. So when I work with people, they're like, okay, well, what do I do? And the answer is really to start to learn to give yourself what you're seeking from others. And so often we are looking externally for the things that we need to be giving ourselves, like attention, validation, compassion, understanding. 
really paying attention to ourselves and treating ourselves like we would treat a friend or a child. And for those of us who haven't learned how to do that, it can be really uncomfortable and really hard and it can feel really weird, but we need to do it anyway because we cannot accept a level of love that is higher than the level of love that we have for ourselves. Cool thing is when we start to shift how we feel about ourselves, then we, we're no longer attracted to partners who don't value us, who don't treat us well. It's really that easy. I love that. And so let's go back because I cut you off. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, no worries. Because I know that there are more reasons, and I think we need to dive into this a little deeper as to why we keep choosing the wrong partners. So I'll let you continue on that. Yeah. So the second kind of unconscious attraction says that we are attracted to people who help us replay our old roles and frustrating or painful patterns from childhood. So as an example, let's say we had a mother who is extremely critical, or we had a father who is emotionally unavailable. Then when we meet a partner who is critical, or we meet somebody who is emotionally unavailable, we're going to know exactly what to do in that situation. That's going to feel comfortable to us. It's going to feel good to us. And we're going to feel attracted to that person. However, we're going to wind up in that old role trying to get this old need met and we're not going to end up being able to receive love in the relationship. So we keep playing out these frustrating relationship patterns until we heal them, until we heal ourselves and become aware of what those patterns and unmet needs are. And how can we begin healing from these attachments that start from a young and early age? So the first step is really awareness. So think about your past relationships. Think about your past partners. Write down, you know, you, you'll probably have a list, hopefully, of what you're looking for in somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, you want to have that. But I want you to think about your past partners and your past relationships. What qualities um, attracted you to those people in the first place? And how did those relationships end? And you are going to start to notice patterns. And how, what role did you play in that relationship? Were you somebody who overfunctioned? You did all the work. You were the caretaker. You just poured yourself into the relationship and you didn't get as much back. Were you scared to open up? Did you keep your walls up? And that's what ultimately ended the relationship to end. So you need to become aware of what those patterns are. Um, and I actually have an exercise that like spells out your unconscious attraction for you. Um, share, give people. Share. If you want to lead some uh, everybody somewhere after the show, you gladly uh, promote that for you. Yeah, I would love to because it's really life-changing. So once you become aware of what your unconscious patterns are and what kind of partners you've been attracted to, mm-hmm. you already start to change. Because you'll recognize the next time you meet that guy that's unavailable or inconsistent, where in the past you may have felt attracted and really lured in by that, you'll you'll be less interested. It will be less attractive to you. Yes, interesting. So it really starts with awareness. That's such a big piece of the change process. And then, of course, after that, it really goes into consciously making different decisions. So you can notice yourself, oh, is this the old way of doing things, or am I going to lean into the uncomfortable part of of the uncomfortable way of doing something new? And whatever your work is, is going to 
really be uncomfortable. It's really going to suck. You're not going to want to do it. <laughs> we want to stick with what we know, even if it's not working for us. And also, um, I think, too, just going back to why we keep choosing the wrong partners, um, I think fear has a lot to do with choosing the wrong partner. Fear can tell us that we we um, better lock down a partner fast or we might be alone forever. And nobody mm-hmm. wants to be, you know, the last single friend or be judged for still being single. However, what we should be fearing the most is spending the rest of our lives unhappy. Now, what is the solution yeah. to working with fear, the fear of being alone or not finding someone at a specific time? Oh, my gosh. I love this question. I'm so glad you asked it. Okay. <laughs> because, okay. Because it's so common. You're exactly right. Women or, or men feel like they feel this pressure, right? This fear that it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Or if we get out of a relationship, we're never going to meet anybody else. And the truth is two things. One, whatever we yearn for is meant for us. So if you want love, if you want to be in a healthy, loving, committed relationship, then that is what is on your highest path. That is meant for you. But in order to, in order to get that, you need to do your work, whatever that is, you know, whether it's changing your patterns or having better boundaries or um, the other thing is that we always feel like there's not going to be somebody else. Right. So, well, when we are in a relationship, yeah. As soon as a relationship ends, I feel that that's that's common, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm never going to find somebody again. Like I'm going to be alone forever. I'm never going to feel those feelings again. Which, but that's totally untrue. So continue. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, there's always another relationship. There just always is, and we don't believe it when we're ending a relationship because we're sad, but those feelings are temporary. And, you know, you can probably think back to your last heartbreak or 10 years ago to a heartbreak and how painful that was and how hopeless you felt. But there was always another relationship and there always will be. And the thing is, we never want to make decisions out of fear because anytime we do that, we end up creating the very thing we fear. So if we're in a relationship and we're afraid to leave because we don't want to be alone and we don't want to be unhappy. If fear leads us to stay in that relationship when we're not happy, then we're going to end up feeling alone and unhappy anyway. And there's really only two emotions. There's fear and there's love. And if it's not love, it's fear. So what I really help people do is make decisions based in love and not fear because fear is what keeps us stuck. It keeps us stuck in our old patterns. It keeps us from changing, from growing, and from finding love. So I love that you brought that up because fear will keep you stuck, and it will block you from finding the relationship that you want. Dr. Terry, I love everything you said. I love listening to you in the rooms on Clubhouse, and I just love listening to you right now right here on the dating and relationship show when we come back we're going to discuss the difference between chemistry and compatibility in relationships don't go anywhere now back to the dating and relationship show with laura bilotta from singleinthecity.ca 
on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca with my guest, Dr. Terry Mack, a celebrity dating and relationship expert. We've been chatting about why people struggle with finding a match. Let's get back to it. Hello, Dr. Terry. Welcome back to the show. Now, um, hey, there are those who believe that your relationship will complete you. Now, once I find that perfect partner, you know, I will be complete. Why is having this mindset actually sabotaging your chances of finding a partner? I love that question because it's so common. But the truth is we need to feel whole on our own before we find someone. Mm -hmm. And so often, you know, we don't create or curate our lives in a way that makes us happy. We're searching for this other half. You know, and I put that in quotation marks. And then when we meet somebody, we, that becomes our focus. That kind of takes over our life. And we look to that person to meet all of our needs, which is way too much pressure to put on one person. And in order to be a healthy partner, we need to know how to make ourselves happy. We need to know that we're okay on our own. We, we don't want to be searching for a relationship out of fear or desperation. And we also need to know important skills like how to self-soothe when we're upset. Because a really common thing when we have that mindset is that when we're in a relationship and we start to feel anxious or unsettled or frustrated, we typically always blame it on the relationship and we bring it to our partner and make it their fault. When in reality, you know, our own feelings and eternal experiences are our responsibility. And oftentimes it's something happening with us. It's not even something in the relationship. So working on ourselves and making sure that we feel whole and healthy and connected to ourselves is such an important part of being in a healthy relationship because it's, it's, that means you're a healthy partner. And a lot of people uh, fast forward over that step. That's so, so true. And when you approach a relationship from a sense of emptiness, uh, those that you're trying to attract can sense your energy, your vibe changes. So instead of being, you know, that calm, cool, and collected person, you're now seen as fearful and riddled with self-doubt. And your energy says that you need that relationship rather than um, choose that relationship. And that's just not attractive, is it? Right. Exactly. And I think a lot for a lot of women, especially, I think we wait to be chosen. Like that's what we're looking for. We, we think we need to be chosen because we're coming from that place of deep need or desperation. When, when we feel full, when we know how to feel our, fill ourselves up, then we understand that we get to choose, right? Like we are just in, in as much a position of power as anybody we're going to date. And it's about us choosing someone who meets our needs and is compatible with us and adds to our life, but doesn't complete our life because nobody can do that. Choosing and setting your boundaries. So important, especially early on in a relationship. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, boundaries teach people how to treat us, right? Yes. So many people, especially those of us who've grown up, kind of as the pleasers in our family, it's so hard for us to do because we've been taught that it's our job to keep other people happy. And the truth is, it's our job to communicate to other people 
where we're at, how we feel, what we like, what we don't like, so they can appropriately love us. And if we're not good at setting boundary, which is really just communicating our needs and feelings, then nobody's going to really know us and they're not going to know how to love us. And we'll end up with people who can't love us because we're not showing our true self. So it's literally our job to teach people about us. And the people that respond well to our boundaries, who want to know how we think and feel, who want to know when we get upset, who want to know, you know, what makes us comfortable, what makes us feel loved. Those are the people that will stay in our life. And the people that push against those boundaries or get angry about those boundaries or get hurt about those boundaries are not meant to be in our life. It's right. as clear as that. And it's it, it can be really difficult to set boundaries later on once certain habits have been formed. You don't want to wait until a line has been crossed to set those boundaries. So you want to set them early to avoid any issues down the road. Um, and it's also a good way to confront any issues that have come up in past relationships. And this is going to prevent past mistakes also from happening again. Exactly. And, you know, boundaries can be, you know, there's this boundaries. It's like this big bad word that, you know, we talk about all the time. But really, like you're saying, boundaries is just about being two things. It's about being honest and kind from the very beginning. So when you first start talking with someone on an app, let's say, and they, you know, let's say they ask you for a picture or they make a sexual comment or make a comment about your body, what, and it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you just say that in a kind and honest way. You know, not in an aggressive way, not in a shaming or judging way, but you just say, hey, I don't really like that. You know, we're not there yet. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And then you watch and see how that person responds. And if they, if they appreciate that, then you should keep talking to them. If they have a bad reaction, you should not keep talking to them. And just like you're saying, you want to know earlier rather than later who you're dealing with. But see, that for me is a red flag because I would, I, I just, I just think that they should know better than that. Like, why are you talking to me like that? You don't even know me. Like, have a little bit of respect. So I yeah. assume you think well, It depends on the comment, right? Like, it depends on the comment. If it's, like, blatantly sexual in the first, mm -hmm. you know, before they've met you then yes, I would agree that's a huge red flag. But something, you know, we all have different boundaries and comfort with things. So if it's not like blatantly inappropriate or blatantly sexual, but it just doesn't sit well with us, then we need to say something. But I right. agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and we need to speak up. Like I have no issue speaking up, especially if I'm chatting mm -hmm. with someone online and, and they, they come and go and come and go and I'm, I'll like speak up and say, you know, I'm, I'm on this app to meet someone. Are you? Oh, oh why? Well, because yeah. you're not really having a conversation with me. Like, like, do you want to get to know me yeah. or not? I mean, you swiped right. So why do you just pop in every once in a while, send me a, uh, a comment and then leave and then come back two weeks later, you know, write something else and leave. It's like we either are going to get to know each other or we're not. <laughs> And sometimes right. they disappear, and sometimes they stop and go, hey, you know what? I guess you're right. And then yeah. they'll put in the time. So speaking up totally. is so important. And just one other point that I want to make is that it's so important for us to, to speak our boundaries like you're talking about because that makes us a safe person. People don't have to tiptoe around us, wonder what we're really thinking, try to guess, you know, if they should say something, if they shouldn't. If people know that we will kindly let them know how we feel, then, then we're safe. 
And we want to be around emotionally safe people that we can trust. And we need to be those people too. Yes. Yes. And you need to teach people how to treat you. And believe me, when you start setting boundaries, you are a more, you are more attractive. Yes. To the right people. Yes. Okay. Let's talk (laughs) a little bit about chemistry and compatibility in relationships because these are so important when it comes to the success of a relationship. What are some of the differences that we should keep an eye out for when it comes to chemistry? Yeah, so it happens all the time. Two people go on a date. They have this mad chemistry, right? Like Mm -hmm. this this feeling, this attraction to each other. And then they just kind of decide, oh, okay, we're going to go with that. And oftentimes they, you know, they rush things or they decide, yep, we're going to date. Before they've determined if they're even compatible. And if they just follow the chemistry, you know, they just, they want to make out. So they make out or they have sex and it just becomes all about the chemistry and the physical connection. Mm -hmm. Then they're skipping the important part of gathering information about the other person and really getting to know what's inside the other person. A lot of people mistake chemistry for compatibility. So (laughs) they, they start relationships or choose people, right, based on chemistry, which is the least important factor. Because yes. the other thing is, is that chemistry can grow. You know, we're, can. like, yeah, and I think people talk about chemistry. What they're really talking about is attraction. And sometimes you show up and you're not, like, instantly, like, oh, my God, this guy or girl is so hot and I want to kiss them. But if you ask the right questions, if you take the time to really know somebody on a deeper level and you let somebody in to know you on a deeper level, that attraction and chemistry can ignite. And lots of people don't even allow that to happen. Totally agree with that. In my experience, chemistry can be dangerous because when that magnetic chemistry is so intense, it can trick you into thinking that you found the one. That initial physical attraction is what draws you to another person. And for, for some, I think it's infatuation. However, I mean, I've seen it happen so often. After a few dates or, you know, a few months down the road when that initial attraction just wears off, there's no more connection. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the two people have nothing in common or little in common. You need to um, keep in mind that finding someone attractive doesn't mean that they're right for you. And, and that's why we need to be more flexible when it comes to looks, I think. Of course, there has to be an attraction, like of course, right? But I encourage mm-hmm. people to date outside their comfort zone and to give people who are not their typical type a chance. Yes. Yeah. And I think also what you're speaking about is if you just follow that chemistry and that attraction and you just, you know, jump right into all the physical, you know, then in a couple of weeks, Someone is going to get scared, overwhelmed, bored, and they're going to move on. You know, fear does weird things to people. So, I mean, I've had this happen to me, you know, in my 20s and my 30s. I would, I had this pattern. I'd jump in. I had all this chemistry. We'd make out. You know, we'd have sex. We'd be so close. And all of a sudden, I would just feel repulsed by them. You did? Yeah, because it was too much too soon. And what happens is I got scared. But I didn't know that because when we get scared unconsciously, consciously, what we feel can be something totally different. For me, it was always like repulsion, like get away from me, you know, because it was just 
too much in my space. Like we were already dating and it had only been two weeks and things hadn't progressed at a slow enough pace for other people. Like uh, they could feel, they just lose interest. They feel bored. So fear can lead us. Like if there's a real potential for something, but we rush it, then it can just kind of burn out super quickly as opposed to taking the time to really get to know somebody. Then we kind of build the slow burning flame and we build the tension. When you just jump right in because there's chemistry, there's no tension being built. And then it's sort of like, where do you go from there? It's really hard to back up, you know, after you've already like made out a ton and your relationship has been about sex for two weeks to then back up and get to the emotional connection. That's not really the order of things. So if you go the emotional connection route first and you wait and, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be physical or make out or have sex, but you got to be doing both. Otherwise, it's going to be a short flame that's going to burn out quickly. And then you're going to move on to the next and do the same thing again. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to discuss how to have better success at getting past that one to three month mark early on in a relationship. Don't go anywhere. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We're back with the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta, joined by my guest, Dr. Terry Mack, and we're sharing some insight into attracting the right person for you. Thanks for joining us. Now, taking a look back at what we've been talking about, we can see how easy it is to choose a partner that you're not truly compatible with. But there are so many other factors that can lead to the demise of a relationship. Let's look at why most relationships uh, don't make it past the one to three month mark and how you think we can have better success at getting past that point. And I can weigh in on this as well. This is actually going to be my third book because this is what I see so often in people is it's so hard to get past the three month mark in dating. And the reason for that is because, you know, the first part of a relationship is, you know, the fun, the easy, the flirty, we're getting compliments, we're getting validation, we're being seen, we're being heard. And then we move into the next stage where, you know, past the stage of projection, because the first stage of a relationship is really like what, we're, what we want to see. We're seeing what we want to see. And eventually, the rose-colored glasses come off and we start to see the other person as a human being and we start to see their limitations and flaws because we all have them. And most people don't know how to navigate that. And most people don't have enough self-awareness to kind of own their feelings about what's happening in the relationship and communicate about their feelings about what's happening in the relationship and to own their part about what's happening in the relationship. So what typically happens is, you know, between one and three months, you start to have some conflict. And a lot of people, instead of using that as an opportunity to get closer and to have the difficult conversations and understand each other better and say, how do we how do we work this together? How can we grow together? How can this make us stronger? Most people are triggered, which means, you know, our buttons get pushed. We get scared. We get angry. Our old wounds from childhood come up (laughs) and we run. We say, ah, they're not for me. 
they're too this, they're not enough that. And we don't stick around to do the next part of a relationship, which is like, you know, having the difficult conversations and gaining self-awareness and sharing ourselves, our internal world with somebody else. A lot of us don't know how to do that or even that we should be doing that. And also people tend to be attracted to those that have their own social life. And having friends indicates that Mm. you have other people in your life who love spending time with you. And I think that's attractive to a potential partner. It also shows them that friends are important to you and that this person isn't going to be the center of your universe. It gives you, it also gives you much more to talk about when you do actually spend time together. And when we ditch our friends to spend all of our time with this new person, I mean, we appear clingy and, and that's kind of a turnoff, right? Yeah. Yeah. We appear clingy and also we become less interesting because we don't have as much to talk about. Like all of our time and attention is going to this other person. And if you're not going out and getting fed in other ways and getting energy from other people, you're not going to have a lot of stories to tell. You're not going to have a lot to bring into the relationship. So I, I love that. I think it's so important what you're saying. And I think it's so important, too, and I, I've spoken about this many, many times, but to maintain your own hobbies and your own interests. And like what you're just saying, like in order to have anything interesting to say, we have to go out. We have to do stuff. I know it's been difficult to do during COVID, but I mean, we still have to try to, to maintain some of these hobbies. Um, and I get it. Like, you know, it's so tempting. We find this person, we're so attracted to them and we get all these like little feelings inside our belly and we want to spend all our time with them. But it's important to keep, you know, doing the things that we love because that makes us more interesting and more attractive and more alluring. Right. Totally. Um, Totally. And I think also what, what you're talking about is it's not just about our friends or going out, but it's what you're really talking about is having a connection to yourself and a relationship to yourself. Mm-hmm. So whether you're going out or whether you're hanging out with yourself and just enjoying your time alone and like connecting to whatever you're feeling or thinking, that's the piece that a lot of people lose. It's like as soon as we get in a relationship, and I've definitely been guilty of this, and that's why I do this work now, is because we get into a relationship and then we disconnect from ourselves. It's about what do they want us to be? You know, we have this underlying fear that we can't spend time away from the relationship, you know, and this is what creates like codependency. It's what smothers relationships. And for a lot of women, we've been raised to be these caretakers. Like, what does he need? What does he need? What does he need? And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We need to stay connected to ourselves so we can feed ourselves and, remain interesting and alive yeah and also how about like reaching out way too much early on in a relationship where you're constantly calling or texting the person that can be a turnoff yeah. as well keep a little bit yeah. of mystery there you know and when you and do also, reach out, yeah and when you do reach out you know just keep your text short fun and flirty and and just avoid sending too many all it like you don't need to be texting yeah. them 10 times a day <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you're eating for lunch and breakfast and dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, for men, for women who date men, men like to pursue. Men want to do the work to earn you and win you over. Yes, they and do. So when we are always overly available. They get bored. They don't have to do the work and they want to do that work. It's part of the, you know, it's part of the masculine energy. 
And our energy, the feminine energy, is to receive. So I think that's a really good point. Yes. Leave room to be pursued. It's I love really it. really important. I love it. Um, now, uh, you shared a quote on your Instagram a little while back. You, you can't speak negatively and expect positive things to come. This is something mm. that I talk about frequently, the law of attraction. I think that negative thoughts mm. are something that hold many of us back when it comes to dating. Why do you think this is and how can we change it? Well, because we attract what we focus on, mm-hmm. right? So if we are focused on what we don't have, if we're focused on what doesn't work, if we're, if we're not certain that we can have something, then we're going to attract more of that doubt into our life because our thoughts create reality. So when we begin to focus on what we want, if what we want is love and a relationship, then we need to focus on how that's going to feel, connected and warm and loving. And if we can focus on those feelings, we draw those things into our lives. It all goes back to our thoughts and the way we speak about things. And it's all, again, it goes back to fear. When we're fear-based, we're negative, we're doubtful. When we're leaning away from fear, we're hopeful, we're certain that what is meant for us is waiting for us. And that's where we need to live in order to attract what we want. We'll be right back. We're going to continue our conversation, uh, how negative thoughts are something that hold many of us back when it comes to dating. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're back with the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, joined by my guest, Dr. Terry Mack, and we're sharing some insight into attracting the right person for you. Thanks for joining us. Terry, before the break, we were discussing how negative thoughts are something that hold many of us back when it comes to dating. Let's continue with that conversation. Sure. I just wanted to make the point that if you don't believe you're going to find love, then you're not going to find love. Mm -hmm. If you believe that you will find love, you will find love. Mm -hmm. And so it's about getting out of that fear-based state. And what I have people do that I work with and what I've done in my life to call in what I want is to visualize what I want in my mind. It's kind of what I said before the break, but then it's not as much about seeing it in your mind. It's about, like I was saying before the break, feeling into the feelings that you want to have. You don't have to wait until you have love to feel those feelings of connection and warmth and belonging. In fact, you want to live in those feelings. And in order to live in those feelings, you have to have thoughts that support those feelings. So You know, I help people go from fear, from fear and doubt to hope, and then from hope to certainty that if they want love, they will have love. And you can even practice this by the way you speak. So be very mindful when you catch yourself saying things like, oh, you know, there's no good men or women in my city. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to meet someone or there are no good men left. You're speaking that into existence. So your thoughts create what's going to show up in your life. So if you're struggling with some doubt, start there. And mantras are a really good way to shift our energy and our thoughts. So you can say thoughts to yourself that maybe you don't even believe yet, and that's okay. But if you keep saying them, they will shift you. So that's just something I wanted to 
talk about because it's so important. Our so important. Everything is created. Incredible, incredible, incredible advice. I love you. Okay, let's discuss because <laughs> we don't have much time. Let's discuss finding the right partner. What should we be looking for in terms of a partner? That's when important. I have women make lists or men make lists, they always miss the important stuff. <laughs> and so at the end, I'm like, oh, I see it too. As a matchmaker, <laughs> I see it often. Yeah, I'm sure. So some of the things that, that people should be looking for are, number one, somebody who's ready for what you're ready for. So you could meet the most amazing potential partner, but if, they're, if they don't want a relationship and you're ready for that, they're not your person. Don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, two, somebody who is consistent in their effort. So somebody like you were talking about, Laura, someone who kind of comes and goes, not your person. And don't entertain that because whatever you tolerate persists. So somebody who is consistent is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is honest, you know, even if you catch them in one lie, you can call it out and then give them another chance depending how big it is. But typically I say like even one lie, you're out because that behavior doesn't change. And if you want to be with somebody honest, you can't put up with somebody who's lying to you. Um, Somebody who can own their part. So, you know, even in the beginning, let's say you're late for the date. He is late for the date or you're late and there's conflict. Like, can the other person be like, hey, you know what? Sorry, overreacted. You know, I was really nervous. Or you need somebody who can step up and be mature and own their part in things. When you share your feelings with someone and they get defensive or they shut you down or they make it your fault or they get angry or they minimize, that is a huge red flag. So somebody yeah. who can hear your feelings and be accountable. Love Those it all. are some of the most important qualities. And somebody I, who respects your boundaries. Huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. And if I may add, someone who's empathetic, someone who has integrity, someone who's kind, someone who's generous, Someone, uh, like, you know, take a look at how they make you feel when you're around them. How do they treat your family members? Or even, like, how do they treat other people in general when you go out with them? Reevaluate the things that are important in life and and ditch the things that are not. For example, okay, you meet a great guy, let's say, but you don't like the way he dresses. That's not a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. It's not. No. There are bigger issues. Suggest going shopping with them. Suggest outfits for them. When it comes to their birthday, buy them some new clothes. You know, you know, <laughs> throw, throw out some of their old ones without them looking. Like, no. Seriously, find new outfits in their wardrobe. Oh, hi, where's it? I don't know where that came from. But you should try it on. It might look good on you. <laughs> 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 so true because you know it's like we try to build foundations we try to build houses with people you know that can't build a foundation with us mm-hmm. you know, it's like this relationship on stilts we need to find somebody solid and to that point we need to be solid and you said kind and I want to add someone who's kind even in conflict even in conflict even when he or she is angry you know it doesn't mean they don't yell but they, they can come back and apologize. You know, they don't threaten. They don't insult. They don't, you know, they are kind to you all the time. So they can manage their own feelings. And we need yes. to be able to do that, too. Yes. And you know what? Life is so hard on its own. So somebody who brings mm-hmm. that peace and tranquility into your life, 
someone that you don't have to worry about. Like when you lay your head down at night, there's this kind of like comfort that comes over you. Like, hey, I'm with this person. I'm not stressing about what they're doing behind my back or where they're going and allowing this person, you know, and they allow you to have a life and they also have a life of their own. So when you guys come together, you know, you build something really special. Um, And so... Our show is over. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love your show. You are so incredible, honestly, and I thank Clubhouse because I would never have met you. Um, so thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, if you've been struggling with finding someone special, I hope that tonight's show inspired you to take a look at why things haven't worked out in the past and to take the next steps to finding your match. Uh Dr. Terry Mack, where can people learn more about you, uh, grab a copy of your books? Where can they go? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Dr. Terry Mack. I'm on Clubhouse at Dr. Terry Mack. And I have two books on Amazon. The first one is Every Relationship is a Test, which really covers a lot of what we talked about today. And the second book is InstaTruth, which is a little broader, but all it's basically a year of miracles. So if you want to create a miracle in your own life, whether that's a relationship or something else, that would be the book for you. And those are available on Amazon. And if you're interested in learning more about matchmaking, you can visit singleinthecity.ca and catch me at official Laura Bellotta on Instagram and on Clubhouse, Laura Bellotta. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have a great week. Ciao, everyone.